ATX Water Polo Podcast. I am James Smith in Austin, Texas, and that's a guy named Joe Linehan in, in San Antonio. And if it feels like we haven't been here for three weeks, it's because we haven't been here for three weeks. But uh, Joe, you and I probably should have just done this in Houston this last week, and I, you, you were a, a little bit busy, though, I guess. No, yeah, we, yeah, we saw each other on the pool deck at the uh, Dare Dream. Coached Kept against one another. I don't know if I, I was the I was That's, sitting down. Oh please, I was the assistant coach. oh please, come on. No, no, no. I mean, it was, uh, was it fun. was a lot of fun. Did your kids have a good time? Had a very good time. I, I as you and I, we again had an hour talking before we got on here, but uh, I, I just thought it was funny because um, both of us are willing to share our opinions very loudly during the point of a game, and so you and me going together it was hilarious. It was like one end shouts, the next end shouts. It was pretty funny, but uh, yes, the kids had a very good time. We uh, we had some successes. It was very nice, and so uh, and the tournament was went very very well. So yeah, all th- and and the tournament director, whoever that guy was, gave us our first game at eleven o'clock. So that that was awesome on Saturday. Yes, we try to make sure that teams teams had time to like either kind of travel in on on Saturday morning if they didn't want to travel in on Friday night, and uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, for those that weren't there, we had twenty three total teams, all in the twelve U and ten U divisions. We had uh, Dare to Dream, by and, the way, in case we didn't yeah. mention that. Yeah, and that was twelve U boys, twelve U girls, and ten U mixed. So, and um, it was great. I mean, there's a ton of kids that were playing. Um, we only had 13 of these teams uh, last year, so we're still coming out of the COVID. Yeah, malaise, I guess. Um, and uh, you know, we just want to keep building. This is going to be a this is the this is a tournament that's each year on MLK weekend. It's only it's only for the younger kids. Last year we did it at the Sci Fair Pool, um, and Chris Jones and his staff and Chris Ellis and the Sci Fair Water Polo Club did a great job hosting. Um, and we hope to keep we hope to continue it at that facility each and every year on MLK weekend. So. Joe, seven ten and under teams—is that right? We did have seven ten and under teams, which is the most mm-hmm. ever by far, right? Correct. Like yeah. actually, we started this tournament in 2019, 2019, and or twenty eighteen. We started in twenty eighteen. It was at Spring Branch. Yeah, that little um, right. Yeah, high school, and we only had a twelve U mixed division. That's it, and we only had nine total teams. There you go. You know, it grew. It grew a little bit the following year at Lamar, and um, where we. Kind of where we had the three courses going there, a um, bit of a tight fit. Um, we had about 20 teams there, um, and then we hit COVID. So coming out with 23 this year was great, and uh, you know we had more 10 U teams this year than we've ever had for sure. Right. Um, we still need to work on the number 12 U girls teams, but uh, that's just that's just something that the clubs can keep keep getting better at. And yeah, um, but uh, it was a ton of fun to see all the kids, and the best part about this tournament. No yellow cards. Oh, no really? Red cards. Oh, darn it. Very laid back. <laughs> very easy. I think I only saw a parent yell and scream once, and that was at their coach. <laughs> really? Oh, you forgot yeah. to mention that, I, that, to, that to me before we started. That's funny. So, but, so it was at their coach, and it was at their 10U coach, of all things. <laughs> so it's like, you know, come on. And like, you know, and uh, thank you, Viper Pigeons, for letting us use your inflatable uh, course. That thing's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, it deflated a little bit. We had to repump it up a couple of times, but yeah. we got pretty good at that. Yeah. Um, but uh, and again, thanks to CFWPC for for hosting. They did a great job with all the table workers, the hospitality, you know. And uh, I think everybody had a great time. I mean, everybody likes. I mean, we're still in the middle of COVID. And there were some 
kids that couldn't come like yep. the last second COVID issues. And I even had a, I haven't had a coach. I have my little team here called the Alma area group that, uh, that, uh, that we had a coach that couldn't go. So that's why I was sitting on the bench this, this past week. And for yeah, a couple sure. Games. It wasn't cause you wanted um, to. Um, oh, I, uh, I always want to, but I wasn't <laughs> planning on it, but, um, but, uh, you know, and uh, I mean, there's a couple teams that had some like kind of manpower issues and there's other teams that had a ton of, uh, like a ton of kids, which, yeah. is, which is tremendous. And there was one game, I believe it was Viper Pigeon versus Pegasus in 10U that we had a 10U shootout. I, I, I could hear that from the, I was trying to lecture my team at the time and they, they couldn't hear me because the crowd was going so nuts. Oh, I was, yeah, it was like people were jumping up and down. They were having a ball of a time. <laughs> and uh, I mean, no, it was, it was great. And, you know, and yeah, and yeah, and sometimes when you have 10 U or 12 U shootouts, those things can go on and on for a while. Yes, they can. But it didn't go on too bad. It, I, I think it still stayed within the first yeah, five. Yeah, it was shots, within the five. But, I uh, heard that from the coaches. Yeah. But, you know, the, the kids were excited, you know, and, you know, like the one referees because we only have one referees on the 10 U games that uh, that the, that the one referees did a great job down there. The you refs did a great fit job. Two of them on that course. It was so funny. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it was it was it was a good experience yep. for everybody, and um, it was glo- the best thing is like last year we had the same tournament, right? There was no fans in the stands too. Oh, that's so weird now to think. So about now that. we can have fans in the stands, and uh, um, and you know, this is again, this is something that we want to keep here in Texas. There is one in Southern California. There is one in Northern California. We're the only one out like outside of California right now, and we're just going to keep this here, and we're going to keep growing it, and. We're gonna we're gonna hopefully grow this to, to more and more teams because we have some room to grow because yeah. eventually there's gonna be teams that play at eight a.m. on Saturday morning. Yeah, talk a little bit if you would about the, the how this version of it, meaning the, the the you know Dare to Dream was a tournament that was exclusively in California for a little while, right? And then um, the decision was made to expand it to Texas, which is great news for us. Obviously, is that as far as you know, is that part of a larger effort to maybe expand this across other areas, or is this really where where it's at? No, I mean, so this used to be only in Southern California, and then they started doing a Dare to Dream in Northern California as well. Um, those are 10U events only. So I asked if we could do one here in Texas, and they said, yeah, oh, yeah, of course. And then so we decided to do one, but we actually chose to start off with 12U because mm-hmm. we weren't ready for straight up 10U yet. Yep. Um and we're just to keep growing this. Eventually, this might be a, only a 10U event mm-hmm. because, again, this is an event that's focused on the younger age groups that, like, they never get the focus on them. And um, without all the older kids kind of walking around and being stupid older kids. Yep. And, um, you know, and the hope is to have a couple – a few more of these outside of California at some point. But, you know, it's just – it's yeah, it's one of those things where uh, – you know, for right now, this is where we're at. And, you know, again, you know, COVID kind of threw a wrench into some plans of having it like having a dare dream eat yeah, in each and every zone. But I'm glad that we, that we were able to keep doing the Texas festival kind of moving forward. And um, we found a great partner in the CFWPC and the pool there. And I think this is going to be something that we're going to keep growing and growing. And eventually, you know, we have those three courses there. We have a 10, we have a 10 U specific one. We have the 12 U courses. I'm hoping to just have, you know, 10, 12 teams for boys, 10, 12 teams for girls, 10, 12 teams for 10s, 
that's my ideal tournament. So, yeah, the I, I mention it because, and that explanation is helpful because I, you know, I have a bunch of new families as part of the program, and they're becoming accustomed to what's going on USA water polo wise. But to them, Dare to Dream is no different than any any other tournament in Texas, and in some ways that's true. But it's also a national effort. It's a it's intended to be, you know, I mean. It was, um, as you said, Southern California tournament only then shifted or added Northern California. And then it's kind of special, to be honest. It's like there's not that many of them and they're hopefully going to be more. But it's there's national attention paid to it. You know, last year, I remember USA Water Polo doing the podcast or whatever was, uh, you know, publicized what happened in, in, uh, in Texas a lot. So it's something that's on the national radar. Oh, of course. And uh, and though is maybe, you know. That there, that we might get some teams from the Northeast, we might get some teams from Florida or something like that. That yeah, that want to come over to Texas cool. for this this event. You know, clubs are getting used to traveling to Texas. Yep. If they don't want to go all the way to California, you can come to Texas and get some good games and some good and some organized events that are going to be that are going to be well run. And but you know, it's 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 that whole kind of adage. You know, tens and twelves, right? It's Sometimes it's a parents have to think if it's worthwhile to get on a flight and go. Right. You know, some of them even have to think, is it worthwhile to drive across Texas, get a hotel room and go, yep. you know? So, um, you know, it's, it's growing, it's growing and, it uh, we're going to definitely get there and, you know, and I can't wait till, you know, to like, you know, in like 10 years, I'll be a parent up in the stands, hopefully. So yeah, you'll be retired. <laughs> about time too. Yeah, so good. So good. But um but uh I'm not that old James by the way. So. Yeah, you're not even as old as me. I'm close. And to I don't think I'll and, and I don't think I'll ever retire kind of fully. I'll be one of those old dog coaches that's getting up and down the pool and yelling at kids that's at about 75 years old. So I sort of feel the same way. I was been talking about that with MJ, my wife. So yeah, I, I might be doing this for quite a while. I'm not entirely sure where, but I think that's what I'll be doing. So there you go. All right, a uh, couple weekends prior to that, ODPs West. See, all right, here you have to correct me on this. It used to be called West Region Championships, which I'm not sure if that's the correct. Um, name for the tournament again but it's the odp um program they have what i the equivalent of an eastern championship in north carolina and at the same time they have a what what i've been calling a west region championship in in salt lake city so our teams from good old texas went up there and did very well from my understanding uh, overall uh, a couple weekends ago, and uh, then after that, a fortunate few were named to the Southwest Zone national teams that are going to compete in California here in a couple months. So uh, a, a big weekend, another successful weekend in Utah. I heard it was a bit cramped, but aside from that, which is a, a good sign because of how many teams there are. You know, there last year was a little bit uh, atrophied because of COVID for obviously obvious reasons, but this year apparently very uh, very well run and a successful weekend for Texas water polo. Well, last year it was actually in San Antonio. Oh, so, year before, yes. Year and, before. And so, so you're talking about 2020. They only used Kearns in 2020, yep. um, which is uh, one of the pools in Utah. This year they used Kearns and Olympus. And uh, so they added a pool, but they also added a bunch of teams. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was probably a, a little cramped. But um, it's called the West Region Tournament. It's okay. not a championship because there's are no prizes. It's, it's a festival type. It is a festival type. Setup. Four game festival. That's nice. Yeah, yes, exactly. So the teams play all the different teams. The Southwest Zone teams don't play each other. And for those that aren't aware of it, it's it's um, 
each like the Southwest Zone brought two teams out in each age group and division for the development cadet youth for both boys and girls, and they split them up into two even strength teams. And hopefully the other zones did the same thing, and that was Pacific Northwest. There was the Mountain Zone, and then teams from Hawaii as well. Yep. And um, then they just play, and they play play different people. They don't play their own zone, so it's it was a lot of. A lot of good water polo from I was not there either, but there was a lot of good water polo. Um, a lot of kids got to play. I thought the Southwest Zone teams did tremendous. Um, I, I think they whooped up, especially at the younger age groups, which is great. Yes. Um, a little bit more even on at the cadet and youth, but uh, that just that just shows that like you know a couple of years ago, I don't think we had two teams for every age group, right? Mm, um, yep. Yeah, most of the coaches kind of went out there, which is tremendous so there's like the only coaches that didn't i think just there were some COVID issues that stops that yeah that stops some coaches from going but um yeah i think i mean I, I think the kids have a good time i think the coaches didn't have to watch the kids so i think they had a great time um and i think the parents always have a good time up there yeah that that's uh what i so i had a couple kids who were fortunately selected i'm very proud of them uh, but their families also just said it was a very good time that the, the it's not an issue. It's just a fact of the matter, which is that the tournament is a whirlwind. It goes so fast. Like when you're you're sitting back home after it's over and you're thinking, what just happened? It was it goes so quickly. But in the meantime, you're having a great time. And, uh, you know, obviously you get to hang out with your knucklehead friends and that kind of stuff. It's it's a it's a great experience. By the way, no, all I mean, the all the games are streamed. In fact, they're still available. The um our friend Sean Stringham from Game On Live Studio. Just go to YouTube, and so all of those games are available. And I, I, I think, you know, for better or worse, they were all streamed sort of in these big nine-hour chunks. So you might have to go do a little bit of digging around to find uh, the Southwest Zone teams, but you can do it. And there's plenty of it. And uh, I watched it live. It was great. It was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I, and and I also watched a, a couple games, and uh, you know, it's 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 one of those things where. You know, these tournaments are going to get better and better as we go forward. And um, it's just another opportunity for these kids that may not have made the national group that's going to go out to California in March. But now they get a trip. They become more invested in, in the sport. They enjoy it. They learn. They get to deal with some different coaches and learn from some, some different coaches that they may not have in their own areas. Um, and I think it was well, well represented. We had coaches and athletes out there from almost every single club in Texas. But I mean, as far as coaches are concerned, obviously you had the Thunder and Pegasus and Viper pitching coaches, right? You also had the Sci Fair, you had Triumph, you had Southside, you had um you had Houston Hydra. Right. You had Alamo area coaches. Yeah. You had um and uh, were there any coaches from Austin? No, it was me and Tom. That was the only one. So nope, neither one of so, us here. So, but, um, it's, yeah, and it's, and it's just, it's diverse, it's different and it's, and it's always fun, you know? And, uh, I, and I mean, like, you know, there, there used to be a big zone swim meet. I don't think it's as big as it used to be, but that was always a fun trip to go to. This is kind of like that. It's like a fun trip to go to granted the, like the national championship in March is going to be a little bit more focused. Yep. Right. Um, it's going to be one team with two coaches and, you know, and, you know, it's going to be a little bit more like, hey, this is this is it's going to be not everybody split up evenly. It's going to be, hey, we're out here to try to win games, but also get and also get kids playing time. But 
you know, it's going to be, it's, it's, it's going to be a good event or it's a national championship and there's, and you're playing for like, you know, medals or, or you're playing for top eight. Yeah. Um, kids are also playing to get selected for the national team selection camp, which is the next step kind of after that. And then, um, but, uh, no, just congratulations to all the teams. Congratulations to all the athletes that were, um, named to the, uh, to the Southwest zone national teams. Those can all be found at the Southwest zone websites, southwestwaterpole.org. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, the, the next step is in March. The, the national champ, I don't know about you. So now I, I was part of the program for seven years. You were part of it for quite a long time as well. So I, some of the most rewarding times ever are coaching those games, uh, at national championships. I just had such a good time and such good memories about that. It's just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, you know what, Joe, honestly, I didn't tell you this. It's gonna it's gonna um, butt up against a vacation that my family's taking, but I was seriously thinking about flying out there to go watch, and I have nothing to do with the program anymore. That's how exciting it was. So, looking forward to it hugely. And yes, Joe's correct. It's all published on the southwestwaterpolo.org. I'm looking at the story right there. It says 2022 ODP Southwest Zone Team Selections. Go check it out. All right, uh, national teams are announced. ODP is over. So, or for West Regions is over. Dare to dream, but we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit of high school water polo. All of TX Water Polo is brought to you advertising free, and we'd like to keep it that way. So we're asking for your help. Show your support by going to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give so we can keep covering the sport we love in the Lone Star State. Hey, this is Mark Lawrence from Austin College, head coach of the men's and women's Warpolo programs and home of our kangaroos. When I'm interested in uh, what's going on with Texas Warpolo, I always listen to TX Warpolo podcast. James and Joe back with you. It's the TX Warpolo podcast. Um, You know, one of the topics of conversation this weekend at Dare to Dream, Joe, was some pretty good news as far as we understand we have some it's not uh, nothing official about it but my understanding is that uh, coaches are are buzzing about the number of high school teams that appear to be ready to participate this coming uil season what do you know no i mean i just i know it i know what you know I mean, you know what i know yeah like you know again this like this month is whenever the school districts had to say um we're playing high school water polo in fall 22 or not. And, you know, you know, everybody was kind of curious on what that, what that final number of teams were going to be. But, you know, I think it's up there in the, in close to 200 teams are going to be, uh, are going to be looking to play in fall 22. As of right now, it may, that may go up some, that may go down some, the final number is not going to come out till March with the district uh, alignments. But to me, it's a great start. You know, um, I think back in the nineties, it was 150 schools started playing softball, right? Oh, is that and, right? Um, and then, but now there's a, almost about 350 to 400 schools that are playing softball o- around the state of Texas. So, you know, kind of, kind of whatever number we're at, let's start there and then keep building and keep growing and make it awesome for everybody and make schools that, that aren't playing kind of want to play. 
um, and make it as easy as possible for, for, for them to do. And let's in the, and let's provide the coach e- education opportunities. Let's provide club support for like off seasons and stuff like that. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, a ton of teams, which is great. I think that's a little bit more than what we were thinking, which is oh, great. Don't underestimate this. I'm, I was just about to go on a rant. Go ahead. I mean, but it's more than, yeah, but it's going to allow, you know, um, I, I, I know the UIO was talking about doing 32 districts and four regions. Now with the close to 200 teams, that's going to allow for six, seven teams per district as of right now, um, which is great. You know, that's going to be the, like the district play and that'll, then that's going to be no buys or stuff like that during playoffs. So, awesome. um, that's a huge, huge step here for the first year. So. I, I, here's my, it's not even really a rant. It's, um, you know, so this number is not firm in any way. It's something that I think both of us consider to be pr- fairly reliable, but it's, again, it's, go, it's prone to change. Like there's, there's certainly could go up. The number could go down, but Joe, I think that it was common sort of not knowledge, but common opinion that if it's like maybe 125 teams, you know, 150 was sort of like, yeah, that would be a good solid number. We're talking about 200 teams. I mean, this is this is really good news. Again, depending on whether it all hashes out the way it's supposed to, this is fantastic news. It's more than I think many of us thought was possible, at least this first season. I mean, I mean, with COVID, yeah, and stuff like that, sure. Um, but there's gonna be a lot of schools that are gonna are gonna need some help as far as you know, some direction, some. But I mean, a lot of schools are gonna figure it out. It's just like basketball. It's just like volleyball. You know, just kind of plug and play a little bit. It's just gonna be a different sport, right? Hey, it's it's and, almost 200 teams already, and we also know that there are districts who are just gonna hold off for a season to see how things go. And let's just estimate that those those districts have. Let's just say they have seven teams that want to play. I mean, that's there you go. You're almost at 220. It's amazing. Oh, and there's going to be more and more that add and add and add. And, you know, um, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing the final list and kind of reaching out to those schools to, to, to kind of see if, if they need some help or, you know, um, or just, you know, just keep offering the coaches education pieces out there and just, you know, just provide stuff for people to get better and provide. There's going to be a lot of good water polo going on next fall. There's going to be some oh, beginner water polo going There's going to be a lot of bad water polo, too. Don't, let's I not sugarcoat it. It's totally but forgivable, it's, but it's not going to be that good. And then there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of people that want to start clubs. There's yes, going to be a lot of people absolutely. that want to. So this is, so this is going to be a big jumping off point for the next phase of growth here in Texas. You know, I, I was... Um, I have said to our local swim high school swim coaches that they're welcome to come to our practices anytime. They can come and watch. They can see what we do. And I think there's an additional appeal to be made, which is to parents of athletes who think they're going to go play in high school, which is please take advantage of your clubs. And, yes, of course what I mean is also that join the club because everybody throughout the entire country knows that the high school teams that are very good are good because they have good, solid clubs beneath them. This is no different than swimming. But I'm also just talking specifically about going to learn how to coach. Like if you if you're genuinely interested, there are so many coaches throughout the state that are just more than happy to, you know, invite you in and just and and maybe provide a little bit of guidance. That's all I'm saying. So parents, by all means, steer coaches and administrators toward these clubs that have had a, a lot of success. Yeah, it's a small world here. I mean, water polo in general is a small world, but it's an even smaller world here in just Texas area water polo. Um, and yeah, everybody helps each other out. So I hope I mean, so. 
And like, yeah, and like, and, and I know you hate the saying, but it takes a village and it's going to take a village to get people on the right page and moving forward and, you know, and getting things kind of ironed out. It's probably not going to be till 2023 or 2024 until, you know, you have a smooth high school season. So. Yeah, if ever, which is fine. That's the way it's, it's not supposed to be perfect. It's just, it's, it's just that there are people like for uh, here, I'll put it this way. So any central Texas coach who's interested in coming to learn is welcome to come to one of my practices. And in, in, in addition, for those who might be, I, I've heard this from swim coaches before, which I just do not get. It's like their practices are kind of closed. It's like, I've said they've got some huge secret or something like that. It's like, no, I, I think other coaches share this opinion, but mine is it's wide open. Like there's, we, we, there's nothing secret about what we teach. You know, I think you're generally the same. It's not like there's no secrets here. It's just hopefully doing a, an effective job of teaching technique and then a little bit of tactics in, in addition to that. So uh, absolutely come take advantage of us coaches. Oh, yeah, and there's and there's a ton of stuff just kind of online. We have our Texas Water Polo Academies. Good segue. Um, that are that are um, that are posted at southwestwaterpolo.org. We've already had six uh, clinics that are there posted. Um, we will we have our February clinics this week. We have Daniel Cox that's going over center offense and, and yeah, in center defense. He's he's from Dawson High School, and then we have Trent Calder from St. Marks who's doing film study and film work uh, uh, next week. Um, and then in February, we're going to have our last two clinics before the high school season. We're going to have a clinic on drive offense, drive defense, and also a clinic on just game management and uh, yeah, and preparation and such. So um, those are all the clinics, all the information at southwestwaterpool.org. Just click on TXWPA in, in the menu. So they don't need to have your email address or something like that in order to get on these lists of because uh, you meet you, you do uh, prodigious emails about, you know, here's the upcoming events. Do they do they need to just click on the, the link on the site? You can just click on the link and all the information is there. Okay. If you want to get on the email list, sure. But you also as soon as you get on, you're going to want to get off. So. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. I don't think so. so but uh but no, but um, it's yeah, but it's there's a there's a ton of opportunities to do that. Thank you to all the coaches that have already done them. Um, I know, I mean, you know, we have a ton of people that watch them afterwards. So all the all, all the videos and the slideshows are also posted on, like at the southwestwaterpool.org website. But um, yeah, I mean, that's not just the beginning of the of the education kind of kind of information that'll be on the website. We're gonna add more and more and more as we go. So. Yeah, but uh, you know that all of that's good, and we have a bunch of that stuff at txwaterpolo.com, obviously as well. But man, those those Zoom videos are great. Like you can learn just a a lot just by watching one of those. A, a skilled coach going over the just you know something that's very sort of particular a focus. You know, it's really useful. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Trent in particular. Yeah, and and it's it's not just those, but. You know, come and participate as well. Yep, absolutely. You know, and um, and it's open. It's a it's a free form, and you can ask questions as like kind of kind of as you want, and not just about the topic of the day and such. And then, in addition to the Texas Water Polo Coaching Academies that that we're doing, but we're also um, we're also going to be redoing. We're going to re be restarting in February, uh, uh, next month, the Southwest Zone Town Hall meetings. First one's going to be on February eighth which is Tuesday. It's going to be kind of Texas, oh, kind of Texas high school water pole kind of specific. That'll, that'll be the topic. We're going to do those once a month, um, first or first or second weekend of each month. And um, that'll be more like just kind of one topic that we get a bunch of people together. 
I'll ask them questions and people can attend and ask. That'll be more kind of Zoom kind of webinar format. Webinar, than, yeah. Okay. Than, yeah, than the meeting format. But it'll just be a it'll be the round table format. And uh and it's gonna be um we just want to answer any and all questions. And I know a ton of people just just this past weekend, a ton of people had a had a ton of questions about different things. Yes. And I'm more than happy to answer them. And so if you want to email me, great. Um, I'm more than happy to answer it as much as I possibly can. So I'm looking forward to my invitation to being on that panel, Joe. Thanks. And one thing that a bunch of people did ask me about was J.O. Session 3. Oh, perfect. Segway number two, Joe. It's like we're an actual <laughs> radio show. Awesome. So there you go. And, um, and yeah, and um, and I know we talked a little bit about this in December on our podcast, but, you know, there will be a like there will be a J.O. kind of Session 3. Um, the particulars are still being ironed out. We have a lot more kind of figured out than we did in December, but that'll be getting all the information going to be out to everybody by the end of this month or early February. Um, but basically, you know, session three, um, is open to anybody that wants to go. You can sign up directly for session three and then you don't have to, and then you don't have to worry about going to qualifiers actually. Right. So, um, and uh, was it, um, and therefore you can plan your summer and that's not just open to the out of California teams. That's also open to the in California teams. Yep. Now, a couple other things they're going to be, if you do not qualify for session one, session two, because it will be slightly smaller than what it has been. That's in the what past. I was going to ask you about. Yep. Because there won't be the invitational divisions and stuff like that. Yep. Because, um, so if you don't qualify, so like, you know, we might've had eight, nine, 1800 boys here from the Southwest zone. We might only have six now. Right. right? Yep. So if you don't qualify, well, you will then have the choice to wait to see if you might get a spot at the tournament if teams drop out in first session one, session two, or you can just stop that and just go directly to session three. You'll have that opportunity. So um, now if you qualify, you are that's where you're going. You're going to session one, session two. If you qualify, so, you can't say we've decided we don't want to attend California. We want to go to the one in Texas. Correct. Right. Correct. Okay. And um, now we now one concern locally um, here in Texas is you know the Southwest Zone Quals is kind of one of the better tournaments during the yep. summer, and you know we we want to go to session three, but we don't want to miss out on that good tournament. So the events committee and some people that I've been talking to were thinking about you know just maybe as part of the Southwest Zone Quals having some separate divisions for those that are going only to separate to session three. Interesting. Okay. So, um, how that's going to work, we don't know yet, but you know, um, a lot, again, that information will be coming out here, um, in the next few weeks. Um, for those clubs that are out there listening, um, if you want to host any of the Southwest zone events here in 2022 tags in the spring tags in the fall or the Southwest zone quals, um, the bids are due on Wednesday or Wednesday, January 26th, which is a week from tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So I will resend out the bid packet info to all the clubs and coaches and such uh, later this week. But it's going to be um, it's going to be it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to okay. be quals are still going to be a lot of teams, a lot of pools, still going to be five or six courses, stuff like that. So. All right, Joe, here's a uh, tough questions for you. You ready? Um, my understanding is that if a, an, a, an individual athlete 
If the individual athlete plays in sessions one or two in California, then they simply cannot play in session three for any club, even if it's a different club or the same club. It doesn't matter. Is that is that do I hear that correctly? Yes. Okay, and then the oh, I know, I because I I had a online meeting with my parents uh, from Aquatex last week, and one of the questions was essentially um, for if we were to say enter the session three, it is it taken into consideration, you know, playing other Texas teams? Is that something that is even contemplated, or it's just it's just scheduled the way it's scheduled? What do you mean, like contemplate, like well, try not to have correct to play other Texas? Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah, it's it's the same thing. Like I've gone out to session one and uh, in session two and JOs and and every year, you know, like you know, yep. Thunder played Viper Pigeon. Yep, we played Thunder a couple years so, ago too. Yep. I mean, it's just that's what happens. So um, obviously, you're not going to have all non-Texas teams in in one side of a bracket and all Texas teams in the other. It'll be mixed up. Yep. But that really just just how many teams are going to be there from texas how like and how many teams are going to be there not from like uh not from texas that'll determine how many what what, so what are the odds that you're going to be playing other texas teams remind us how many non-texas teams you know overall were there last year out of the total number like what what was the percentage we had had close to 200 we had 60 60 teams from outside of texas no no we had 60 texas teams got it and then about 100 and 20 plus teams okay. from not in Texas. I can so. tell you from personal experience, my team played uh, two, three teams from Texas and then the rest of them are from elsewhere. So, yes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's whenever you have a tournament in Texas, odds are you're going to play some other Texas teams. But this also, this is a national championship still. Yep. There will be awards. There will be, everything's going to be treated just like session one, session two. That's awesome. So, and, and be honest with you, and it's, and it's uh, separate from, from uh, session one, session two. So where the hope is that, you know, the college coaches come out and want to see all these other athletes that they may not be able to see at session one, session two. Yeah. They love coming to Texas. The, the ones I spoke to last year were re- really pleased about it. That's, yeah, Cause they so like good. to have some barbecue, some real Mexican food. Uh, it's cheaper flights. That's what we kept talking about. Cheaper flights. There you go. Barbecue. Yeah. And then the last thing before we sign off here is, uh, our next major major tournament is going to be the Spinlop tournament, I, Masters tournament. Yep. And that entry deadline is next week. So for those clubs that have not done so, please make sure you put in your entries by Monday, January twenty fourth. Give us a reminder about what Spinlop has been like. It's uh, it's it's moved around a little bit, especially because of COVID. In fact, it was canceled, right? So, uh, or wasn't it? Oh, right. Yeah. Like, yeah what are the we, teams we, that we, typically participate in? Who's it? Yeah. For? So this is a Masters tournament. It's men's and women's open. Um, and That'll be teams from around the country. We'll, we'll be coming here to Texas. Uh, you know, that start off kind of small, just basically only like a Texas Masters teams, but it's grown o- 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 over the years. And this is our, this is, this is in our, this is in our Cine and Tom special, you know, tournament. They, and they like it. It's was taken over by the Southwest zone as far as the admin part in 2020. We had 30 teams there. We had 20 men's teams and 10 women's teams in, uh, in in february of 2020 before the world shut down um and i don't think we're gonna hit 30 this year but i do think that we'll probably get 25 or 26 teams total um of which we'll probably have seven or eight women's teams and probably about 16 to 18 men's teams Mm -hmm. um and these are and the teams that are coming are going to be like you know nyack and the olympic club some like like nova from the east coast tampa bay 
you know, um, these are really good teams that are coming with net with like, you know, a national team players, Olympians yeah. and stuff like this. And that's also then you're also going to have the local like the normal local teams as well. So, um, you know, you're going to have the Pegasus or Dallas Masters group. You're going to have hops. You're going to have, you know, like the UT and Austin teams playing. So yeah. there are going to be a ton of teams playing. Um, it's going to be a great weekend of water bowl. This is at the UT Swim Center. Um, this is going to be February 12th and 13th, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Coming up soon, yep. It's the, it's the same weekend as the Super Bowl. <laughs> what good, very, very good timing. Oh, that, gee whiz, man. That's going to that's gonna put a damper on somebody's Sunday night, I think, after the tournament, because a lot of them like to fly home. But, oh, my God, do they love being in Austin. Wow. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they and I think Austin's pretty time. much opened back up, and yep. um, ho- and hopefully it doesn't close back up. So, yeah, And um, I don't think it will. And yep. – uh, but, um, you know, it's going to be, a, it's, everything's going to be a lot of fun. And, um, then you're like, you're going to come down to San Antonio here in a couple of weeks for, um, the South Texas winter champs, yep. which can be good. Yep. Um, you got the thunder sprint, like the thunder spring invite, which is for the little kids, which is for the 14s, 12s and 10s that are, that's going to be at the end of February. Then we got, you know, a couple of like, then you got high school season going obviously in February, March, April, May. Yep. Um, you got tags here at the end of April, so we have a ton of stuff coming on. And then all of a sudden, we'll be going to the Welcome to Texas Shootout. Welcome to Texas Shootout Plus. We'll finally get to cover uh, the final spring high school season. I'm sure that we'll be doing some ranking and players of the week and all that kind of stuff like we did last year. We'll have some more content to talk about on the program, so I'm looking forward to that. Plus, my team is hosting its final ever high school tournament on uh, the first weekend of March, as we usually do, and then uh, and then vacation time, Joe. It's spring break. That's it. There you go. Yeah, there you're, you go. Something that you're not going to be familiar with for another three, four years, probably. Something like that. Oh, whatever. Well, okay. good. Joe, that's it. Anything else? No, just uh, we'll, see. Yeah, we'll see you guys on the pool deck. We'll see you on the deck. Thanks for listening, telling a friend about the TX Water Polo Podcast and the Total Water Polo Podcast. If you want to support us, go to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give. Um, thank you to all of you who have done that uh, so far. It's been very, very generous of you. And with that, until next week, so long from Austin.
This has been a production of TWP Sports, LLC.